0: Oh, man. so fresh off of the 181 pound, 82.5 kilo world record, absolutely staggering 910 kilo total. What is that in freedom units, sir? Uh, 2006
1: freedom units.
0: Absolutely insane. Blake Lee, Hugh, the multiple time IPF world champion and world record breaker. Um, do you do, when you do powerlifting, are you... Do you prefer using kilos or pounds when you're talking about like totals and stuff?
1: You know, it's hard to say I flip flop back and forth and I'm at the point now where I know my kilo math better than my pound math. Oh shit. (laughs) But like to everybody else, I have to talk in pounds, even though my mind operates in kilos. Now I've had my own set of kilo plates since like 20. 15. Oh, so.
0: <laughs> well, what people might not know, because you're a young dude, you've been powerlifting yeah. since 2010. You're a 12-year yeah. vet, dude.
1: Yeah, I've almost been competing longer than I have not.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. So powerlifting <laughs> is like all you know. Like you are powerlifting. Yeah. This is a part of your life.
1: Yeah, it, it, it really is.
0: It, this is actually, you own a gym now. This is how you make your living as well
1: yeah yeah i mean it's it's literally it's my office now
0: <laughs> uh, it's a, it's i mean you, you love your job so i guess you'd like never have to work a day in your life when you love your job on the flip you know, side yeah well, go ahead go ahead
1: i was just gonna say when i was like 12 years old you know somebody said that to me they're like if you do, love what you do you never work a day in your life and i guess i just really took that to heart i love yeah. lifting so i have to own a gym right well, I guess here's,
0: here's the thing, like, uh, like 100%, if you can love what you do, it's, it's a blessing, man, trust me. Uh, but the flip side is like, when you when you take what you love, monetize it, then it can be stressful around what you love, and you kind of see it differently. It's like, uh, you're, you're not just dating now, man. You're full on married. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, yeah. well, I wish we were dating again. We used to do crazy stuff. That was fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was loose. It was fun. It was, no, um, yeah. Like, has that changed at all now that it, because it's a living?
1: Um, honestly, no. Uh, working with clients, like, is is one of the most enjoyable parts of all of this you know, whenever I was the coach of the A&M powerlifting team, you know, I was, I was working with 60 people at a time Mm. and like seeing them succeed on the platform, getting them ready for the platform. Like I loved it. I loved every second of it. And, you know, that's what made me believe that this is a sustainable uh, career choice for me.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, like, like Joey Flex, obviously, uh, well-known trainer and, and coach and he, Mm. He still competes and he, he yeah. won't stop competing. And it's because he loves it. Like he just loves it. Like it's yeah. it, and he's a, he's a lead as well. He's not breaking world records like yourself, but he's good. And um yeah, it's it's just you can balance it, but you have to find that balance, right?
1: Yeah, and you gotta find really uh what you're best at as well. You know, Joey obviously does a lot of online stuff. I've realized that like I, I really suck at online training. I really, really suck why, at why tra- do you say that? I, I'm so much better with working with people in person and like I, I like to talk with my hands a lot, you mm. know, um, so not having that face to face communication really limits what I can do as a coach. And so I just feel like I am better at my job when it's in person. Do you have, are so, you wearing
0: something on your wrist right now? Nope. Okay, it sounds like someone's rattling or something.
1: Uh it might be the uh, mic here. Oh, it is the mic. <laughs> Rubbing
0: those big ass pecs, my man. That's what's going on. Yeah, but, yeah, uh,
1: keep it off to the right
0: here. There we go. I think it'll be all right. Um yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. You're saying you, like you prefer in person because you could talk with your hand. Like I know what you mean. I'm a commun- I, I'm used to it because of the podcast, but in terms of communication, I way better prefer talking like face to face
1: yeah well and you know technique is such a big part of it and like you can only help people with technique so much from the fall and i don't like charging for a service that i don't feel like i can give it my all you know Mm. i feel like it's a waste of your money and a waste of my time to some extent so if i can't give you the best i don't want to give it at all
0: Hmm. yeah and 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 because so here's the thing um and maybe this isn't isn't even an issue anyways but when you do that, you're not going to be able to like, for instance, like, like, like Joey gets like a Russell from afar, or like a Jesus from afar, sure. or like, you, you know, so you're like my your net, so to speak, isn't going to be cast as far, so you're not going to snag like world champions. But then on the flip side, uh, maybe for you, it's not about trying to get like a like grab a get someone to a world champion or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, like, well, what is it for you then? If that, if that is something you have to trade off. It's, um,
1: at the end of the day, it comes down to making other people's the, the best version of themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I call myself, I'm mostly a powerlifting coach. It's mostly what people come to see me for, but like, that doesn't mean I don't have some general fitness clients. You know, it's about the whole journey, getting mm-hmm. them from point A to point B, whatever point B may be. Um, And being a part of the process the whole way, you know, it's, it's fulfilling for me.
0: Yeah. Now I, I could get like, for sure, everyone gets inspired off transformation things. It's a whole nother deal when you're actually in that and you're actually seeing that shit happen. It's, it's, it's different, you know, it's a little bit different than, um, than someone just checking in from like 200, you know, or a thousand miles away. Yeah, and like genuinely
1: being a part of it every single step of the way,
0: and, uh, and for yourself. So obviously you just murdered at the at the hybrid, um, going into this. And I want to go right back because I remember you way back uh, in the day too. Like when I <laughs> when I first started commentating the World Championships um, in two thousand sixteen, and you won the Junior Worlds in, in the seventy four kilo. And I'm Canadian, and we had uh, Josh Hancock. Oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, oh, and the, yeah,
0: we'll get into all that. But it's like, that was <laughs> that was, anyways, it was spicy at the moment. Um, but before we backtrack, let's talk about what just happened on the weekend. Um, did you know that you were gonna come in and just fucking light it up like that? Because it is 910 <laughs> that's insane! Like, that is literally, I would say that's John Hack numbers. Well, yeah, you beat John Hack's world record, that's yeah. John Hack numbers. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean my goal is always people have always said oh you're really strong for your size i'm like no i just want people to say you're strong (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but no i i had no idea that it was going to be in the tank for this meet i've always known that the strength for you know this squat this bench and this deadlift are there but i didn't really think i was going to be able to pull together that kind of total with a 660 squat You know, for me, by my standards and by the other 181, 183 standards, 660 squats, like okay. You know, like at this level, yeah. I mean, Russ is doing 700 for
0: doubles and triples, like right. (laughs) Fair. It's getting wild. Things are definitely getting wild. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, so you fought, but you you would you went six for six, right? And you only missed. Let me pull this back up because you only missed. On your, yeah, your opening dead. So um, you were, were you pacing what you thought like after squats? Cause you finished off on that. So you're just thinking, oh my God, like, do you like, uh, well, let's walk through the day a little bit then. How did squats feel? Did you, were you, were you expecting to finish with 300 kilos, 660? Uh, That was,
1: that was the hope (laughs) actually. I was like, I hope I can at least hit 660 because I hit 672 in my previous meet and barely missed 694 on my third. So like in my mind, I'm a 700 pound squatter. I just have to have a healthy training cycle, which I have not. My knee has been bothering me for months now. And it was funny on my second attempt squat, I tweaked it worse than I ever have in training. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna let the adrenaline carry me for the rest of the day.
0: Oh, (laughs) damn, that's a tough feeling.
1: Yeah. So taking another squat after that was real nerve wracking. And it, everybody was like, uh, I was going back and listening to some of the commentary. People were like, oh, you know, a second attempt moved really well. I'll put another 10, 15 kilos on it. And I go up five. I'm like, this is all I got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So you hit that. And then after you hit a 300 kilo, 660 third, um, are you just thinking, like, well, fuck, there's, there's just, my day isn't going to be what I wanted it to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I came here to execute and make attempts. I'm like, that's the best I could do on squat, And I'm like, and I knew bench was going to be kind of a crap shoot. I was like, could go really well, could go. I didn't expect it to go bad, but I was thinking I'd get 486, 492 on my third.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. I really wasn't expecting that 500 to show up and at the meet. Because it hadn't showed up in training. 492 is the best I'd done the whole prep.
0: Wow. So that so when one taketh away, the other one giveth a little bit on the bench.
1: I mean a little bit anyway. It's not a yeah. massive
0: kilo jump, but it's got to help the confidence a bit.
1: Oh, I, oh absolutely. As soon as I hit that bench, you know, I had that like that thought, like, oh my God, if I, you know, have a Hail Mary deadlift and I actually get it, like, maybe maybe it's there. Yeah. I got the 500, and every time I, you know, calculate how do I get 2k, it's with a 500 pound bench. If I don't have the 500 yeah. pound bench, I'm not even going to go for it.
0: <laughs> now, having said that, this is when things get spicy. You miss your opening deadlift, um, and so you retake the weight. Fine, good. That's that's standard. Good stuff. That's probably what most people do. You retake the opener. Now is when you got to make a big decision. And this is a a fucking absolutely monstrous step. You had to skip a bunch of steps to get right to that. Um, So maybe walk (laughs) us through this deadlift event. What happened with the opener, retaking it, and the conversation that happened in the back?
1: So the opener, I, I think I just got a little bit in my own head. So like whenever I was setting up, um, the the back spotter was doing his job. I mean, he was making sure some people's hands explode on deadlift; they go flying back. He's doing his job. Appreciate him for doing his job. But he was pretty close. <laughs> and and when I'm I'm like 20 seconds into my setup here. We all know we have a really long setup. I I accept that. Um, and when I lo- I'm looking down, and his foot is like right in between my legs as I'm oh. looking down, and like in that split moment it like psyched me out. And I'm like, I don't have enough time to tell him to back off because I got to do the rest of my setup. Yeah. <laughs> so I just went and lost my balance backwards.
0: That he, I've never in my life, doggy, why would he be so close so early though?
1: I I, I really don't know. I, I, but I didn't have time to process this. I've got like 30 seconds left on the clock. Right. I'm like, I, need, I need every bit of it. <laughs> Did you so, tell him
0: afterwards to be like, Hey man, when I come back out, please
1: yeah yeah I got, we're not
0: on the dance floor homeboy you're you're right on me you're, <laughs> you're gonna buy me a drink after this man what is going yeah on?
1: <laughs> i actually i actually apologized to the guy after because like as soon as i missed that lift i got kind of snippy with him on the platform and i'm like i'm sorry man i can only control so many things on me day my mouth is not one of them <laughs> I, I apologize <laughs> uh again I, i'm thankful that he was doing his job i've fallen backward countless times um <laughs> But then I went in and really just slowed it down on my second attempt, which I don't like doing, by the way. It doesn't feel good to slow down at that
0: <laughs> No, hell no. No, yeah, at least it's opening weight, but still it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and then after that, I actually turned in 826, uh, 375 kilos, because that that was the number, that was the jump I'd been making in training. Um, 760 to 826 I've done it five six times in training move pretty well every time um and then Jamal missed his second attempt deadlift and I was like "Ooh." well because I had already done the math and with my opener and his opener I was already five dots points away so he needed his second to get second yeah with my opener So I'm playing games, you know, like I'm going back to coaching USAPL IPF teams, like I'm playing games now. (laughs) So we're, we're, um, we're looking at the scoreboard and he's, you know, retaking his second on his third. And I'm like, coming from somebody who's a deadlifter and has problems on the platform sometimes as well. I'm like, there's a solid chance he doesn't get this on his third. So... And then, like as I'm deliberating this, Garrett Garrett Fear actually tells my wife, "Hey, you know, he's only five kilos away from John Hack's total." And I'm like, "Shit!"
0: Oh, there's the oh. <laughs> they Just just letting it be known. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm like only
1: five kilos. I'm like, shit. When when we're already at 375 or 380, whatever. Like, what's another five, right? right.
0: Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh,
1: so I, I, and that's exactly what I said. I looked at my wife. I sighed. And I was like, "Fuck it. Put it on the bar.
0: Three eighty two five. Dude, this is yeah, this is it. it. When you're already, it's heavy. What's five kilo when it's that heavy? Fractured. Exactly. Per, yeah. You Percentage notice. wise, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. You might. It's history. For in terms of like your cost for the benefit it's not only is it historical, it's, it's a, it's a world record, but world records fall in powerlifting in multiple different weight classes all the time. It's the, it's the way the tested, untested men's women's juniors open all the different weight classes. There's so many world records. Gotcha. This is John hack's record. This is going to be, this is going to hit different. This is a legend. This is our, our best lifter alive. So the, the meaning of it is like, you, you don't got to say much, yeah, well, I mean, you can't let him have all the records. Like, you got to take some of them. <laughs> and for a minute, he did. For a minute, he literally held three different records at the same time until you hit this. And you're yeah. like, you're like, John, you, you you got too many pages in the in the fucking history books right now, brother.
1: Yeah, my one of my favorite videos is someone someone um, they recorded my deadlift, and then they moved the camera over, and there's Hack peeking his head through the curtains watching me.
0: <laughs> to see if i'm gonna take this record or not <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so were you nervous walking into this were you thinking like holy shit this is a hail mary
1: you know for the first time in years i actually didn't feel like the weight choice on the bar was a hail mary like i've pulled 848 with straps and it moved well enough i probably could have full- pulled 880 on that day mm, i'm like shit I, yeah, my, my, my grip has been cooperating, my skin has been cooperating, um, and now that I've been able to train with a Texas deadlift bar that's noticeably whippier than pretty much any other deadlift bar, I've got the timing down, um, so again, I, I've pulled 826 five or six times in training with no problems, held it for good two, three seconds at the top, all the things that have caused me to be inconsistent on the platform, this prep weren't there yeah so like for the first time on a third attempt i was like i'm confident the strength is there but sometimes things you can't control just happen on the platform
0: imagine time, dude yeah can, can you imagine <laughs> can you fucking imagine you set up for the third poll with everything we just said that's going into this you look down and homeboy's foot is back <laughs> you. Fucking- Oh, you're Honestly, like, are you that- kidding me? You're back. You're fucking back again. We Honestly, just- had
1: happened, I think I'd have said, head judge, can I have another 30 seconds, please? Yeah. Sir, can you step back?
0: You please, my man. He's like, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I got a little excited there. I wanted to get it
1: Well, Garrett actually noticed it too and asked him to step back as well. He uh, he he realized
0: the problem. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what when, when you hit this, um like, after, after you knew you had made in the history, broken a world record, taken it from John Hack, um, and everything you did, like, what were you thinking at that point?
1: Honestly, it's about damn time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, three days after the meet, I, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about the numbers that I want to hit in the future. My wife is like, Blake, can't you just take a minute and enjoy it? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> My, i'm always moving forward you know like it's cool i'm happy now i've got the same total uh the all-time world record total and with raps and raw now at the same total
0: yeah um, <laughs> yeah i was gonna yeah you got a two-for-one deal as well in there yeah, uh,
1: yeah and i I'd, I'd like to take a different approach with john hack you know he held three all-time world record totals across weight classes well, I want to hold it across weight, um, equipment divisions. Oh. So, so the next one I would like to do is, um, hopefully within the next year or two, is Gene Bell's single-ply record.
0: Oh, wow, because you, you have a history of, of equipped. Um, you've won world titles in the IPF equipped. For a long time, you were just equipped. Yeah. And if some people who are Johnny come late in terms of fans might not know this, but you are very comfortable in equipment.
1: I, I and at this point in time, I've still lifted longer in equipment than I have raw. Total. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've de- I think I did equipment for like seven, eight years. So yeah, raw is ex- still relatively new.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, relatively. I would yeah. say well, <laughs> you've been around the block for yeah. 2016 yeah. is kind of well. I don't know news to word but I know what you mean, <laughs> comparatively speaking. Yeah. No, that'd be cool, man. And 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 there's a bit of a look for a while there. Like, obviously, bra, brah, brah, brah came around like around 2014-15, um, and then 16, 17. Like, you came over from equipped. Um, you were able to win in and out of equipment in your junior years in the IPF world titles, which yeah. is rare. Uh, but it happens every now and then, but it's rare. But um, for sure, for a while there, when you first started, it was only equipped in, in the IPF and, and elsewhere there was unequipped, but it was so much smaller than the IPF.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny in THSPA, the Texas High School Powerlifting Association, um, it's, it's pretty much equipped or nothing. There is no equipment division. It's if you want to win, if you want to go to state, you're gonna, you you got to have the best equipment. Sure, some kids lift raw, some kids have subpar equipment, some kids have better equipment, and I did, and I took the time to learn how to use it from a very early age, because I wanted to go to state, and so that just kind of, like, my my powerlifting career just kind of evolved from that. You know, what's funny is I actually, (laughs) I actually started doing raw out of spite because there were some equipped guys on our team that would just routinely say, raw is trash. And I'm like, why?
0: Why can't we
1: do, why can't we do both?
0: (laughs) Oh man, this is so like different than what we'd be used to now. But I remember those, when I first started powerlifting in 2008, and yeah, people like equipped was so prevalent and unequipped was, and and, I mean, powerlifting was a fraction of the size of the lifters. When we got the um, raw side, it blew up quite a bit. CrossFit, you know, there's a lot of different reasons we can go into that. But, um, but at the point in time when IPF was only equipped and the other feds were very, very much smaller. Um, it was that like people would down like raw lifting. They would talk shit about it, which is so weird for us to think about now, but that was, that's the truth. Yeah. Cause now it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Total opposite. Total opposite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, uh, equipped, is cheating. equipped as cheating. Equipped as cheating. People don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like how <laughs> did you? How did you get into? So even at a very young age, you wanted to go to like like a, a U.S. college, like university, and powerlift, even when you were a kid, because you yeah. started as a kid.
1: Yeah. Well, my freshman year in high school, no, my sophomore year in high school, I actually um, qualified for the state competition. I got like next to last, but I made it to state. That's all I cared about. Um, but Texas A&M powerlifting actually had a booth set up recruiting. And, you know, of course I went and, you know, talked to some of the guys and they had actually just won a women's national championship then. And, you know, they had their, their flashy rings. And like, I was just inspired from then, And I'd already kind of knew I wanted to go to texas a and i A&M. I'm like, Oh, y'all have powerlifting.
0: This is cool. No shit. It's so, um, like that, it's so different than how a lot of people get in as like a kid finding powerlifting. A lot of people do all these other different sports. Football mm-hmm. seems to be big, uh, you know, and then they cross Yo, over. Yeah. Right. Then you cross over from another sport, find powerlifting because you're already weightlifting. But it's much more rare to be as a child being like, oh my God, I want to grow up, go to university to powerlift. I, I go to university, I powerlift and, um, and pursue it from there.
1: Well, you know, being five foot five, I really didn't have a lot of other options. Well, there's sports. that. T- yeah. Basketball wasn't <laughs> crew That's yeah, true. That's no, fair. No. Honestly, even even football, like, you know, if I'd have gained a little bit of weight back then and tried to run the ball, I probably could have. But that that I figured out pretty quickly that wasn't my calling. As much as I loved it. Yeah. You know, I just realized I'm much better at
0: lifting. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably better for you body wise because, Oh my God, is football bad for your, your head trauma yeah. and everything on the joints.
1: Sure. sure. And I, I was always the kid that did lead with my head. Um, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's why I hats off to a guy like Taylor Atwood. He's like five, six range or something. He ended up playing set like pro in the Canadian league. Um, which is crazy for a guy five, six. Now he yeah, he was gain he gained weight. Like he was he had like chubby cheeks like a chipmunk. He said, like he was not the Taylor <laughs> Atwood like now. It was but still it's crazy that like you know, but but that's like a genetic freak like Taylor Atwood. Like you were a genetic freak as well, but you'd probably have to get pretty chubby quick.
1: Like yeah, you gotta no, I, you gotta do something. Yeah, I would have had to have been 190, 200 pounds at five yeah. foot five. And I'm like, it's taken me years to do that and still look good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, looking good is going to be tough. If yeah. you know, that's good. It's going to take a long time. You're not going <laughs> to just throw that on in the summertime. That's for sure. No, not at all. So when you started, um, was your like, because there's like equipment, there's like obviously the bench shirt, squat suit, knee wraps. And you're like, how old were you when you started? 14. So you're a kid. Are your parents into this? Is your dad yeah. into this? Yeah. Or I did mean, they powerlift before you or just into it as a supporting?
1: No, uh, into it just as a supporting. I mean, my mom was really upset because she had to learn a whole new sport because uh, I had played football <laughs> from the time I was five up until the time I was 14.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So, like, I had put nine years of my life into football. By, by 14,
0: you're almost <laughs> a 10-year veteran. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, you're yeah. all in on
0: anything you go in on.
1: Right? Yeah, no, I, I really, I really am. You know, I've always got a vision. I've always got a plan and I do everything I can to, you know, fulfill my own vision and my own plan. Every now and then it doesn't go the way we want it to, but we can only control so much.
0: That's life, Yeah, it, it really is. That's, 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 that's <laughs> what life is, man. It's never going to be all ups. That's for no. damn sure. <laughs> um, so when you, when you start, so... All right, you go through high school. I know in university, Midland right now is crushing. Were they rivals at the time? No.
1: Um, Midland has been able to, Midland has had some pull in the powerlifting world because they can, they're one, maybe the only college that has figured out how to give real scholarships. Mm. So people can go to school to powerlift at midland there's no other university that i'm aware of that you can have a substantial scholarship to just power lift texas a&m tried but even then it would have only been like a thousand dollar scholarship you know like nothing substantial
0: yeah Doug, that's not i mean when you're living on your own and books and the whole nine food yeah you know it's 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 gonna that's gonna go quick it's something and look it's still a g it is but
1: but it's not
0: a full ride
1: well and the 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 hope with it at the time whenever i was a part of the team and they were trying to get this going the hope of the time was yeah it's only a thousand dollars but the way it was set up was if somebody from like wisconsin because you know wisconsin puts out a lot of really good power lifters Mm. they're looking at schools they want to power lift that $1,000 scholarship is now like a $21,000 scholarship because it waives out-of-state tuition fees. Mm. So it was, that was the hope. That was the intent behind it was we could start recruiting out-of-state and get some big-name lifters come out. And yeah. Hmm. But but it it didn't end up working out that way, but that was the hope. Yeah.
0: (laughs) it's it's interesting man like i was i've talked to a couple of those guys who were in midland and it's like powerlifting you like you know they got football you you're probably familiar you're a football guy um <laughs> the, the, the documentary series and it's cool to think like there's actually a powerlifting you where there's like people who literally got a ride to to university to powerlift.
1: yeah and i mean on Fucking some wild. levels i'm jealous like obviously it's worked out fine for me but yeah. that, that's
0: that's cool that's awesome i think that's so cool yeah yeah do you like how did you find the university experience on a powerlifting team is it like because look, look at it, i'm from canada we got nothing like this and a lot of people listening to this probably have no way of like wrapping this around their head like is it like you're a team that you train together like a normal university team varsity team would be and you go together to with to meets and like what's the environment with coaching what's it like yeah, yeah. Uh, no,
1: it, it, it is all of that. Um, you know, with the, my first year on the team, there was like 30-ish people. And like by my third year, we were doing tryouts because so many people were interested and we had to cap at 60. Oh, shit. So, yeah. And then by um, my first year as the coach, so I was out of school, we were at 110 people trying out.
2: So Holy we were- shit.
1: So we were cutting 50, 60 people every year after that Um, just just because of space. And so, you know, uh, we've, and the powerlifting teams had coaches intermittently here and there. Uh, I only was able to stay for like two and a half years. Um, But yeah, we'd show up to, we'd pick a meet, uh, like a local meet to go to. So everybody could qualify for nationals and we'd bring thirty to fifty people, if not the whole team that could go and then show up at collegiate nationals with the biggest or second biggest team there. Dude,
0: that is freaking wild that 60 people are like you just turn away like, sorry son, your your total's not high enough. <laughs> like that's it's crazy. Like this is <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. son, you're <laughs> yeah, that's a tough man. It yeah, is what no, it is. It
1: really is. Yeah. And you know there were they set aside a couple spots that's like you know like 10 spots out of it 60 so like it's irrelevant of your total it's more about your character as a person what are you going to bring to the environment oh
0: shit dude that you that know? Would hurt to the bone to be like ryan you have an excellent total you're a bit of a dick and it's like, yeah. oh shit! Like I go, I, I would, bur- I'd be like, could you just lie to me and say my squats? Like, like I can, I can work on my squat. So I got to work on myself over the summer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it it came up because it has been such a problem, you know. Oh wow! Uh, you, you Why get do couple, you think
0: that is? What, what was...
1: I really don't know. You just get one or two bad eggs every year, and they just kind of ruin the the team environment, the team atmosphere. And like, once that happens, nobody wants to work together anymore.
0: That's true. So like, we just
1: tried to alleviate that problem any way that we could.
0: Like, like I, I, you, you feel that in work environments teams, you get one, a a guy or girl that uh, is just too negative, talks back a little much, and it can, it can be contagious. My friend, it can be, you get a bad vibe in a room. That bad vibe can grow. You, it gets on either, it gets on people's nerves. So they're chipping back. Or if he's talking back to coaches, it gets – when people – he does it enough, other people are going to also start doing that. Or whatever it is, whatever the bad piece is, it's like, we got to cut this out. That that dude or girl's got to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and it literally happened. Like, we were at a point where it's like Coach Blake and then this guy. And, you know, literally we had the team split. It was like 30-ish people were following me and, like, 30-ish people were following this guy. And it's like, what – He's corrupted half the team.
0: Holy shit. Hang on a second. Whoa. (laughs) This is powerlifting you. This should have been documented. This is a (laughs) phenomenal story, dude. So, so, wow. So, you were like, you were the full-on coach. This dude was just a student? No,
1: he was a student at one point. Like, I was kind of coaching people while I was a student as well. And so was he. Um, oh, and then okay. I, he graduated a year before me. I kind of started to take control a little bit and then you started coaching people from afar and then it just trickled in.
0: Oh, this, that's that's, that's a bizarre case when you're, that's the tough thing with powerlifting is people are so used to distance coaching, um, uh, yes. that it's, it becomes very difficult. That's, that's the difference between football. Okay. You're you have the football team in front of you, you're running your plays, you have the playbook in your hand, you're in You're out. you're doing whatever the shit. But with powerlifting, it is so easy to be coaching from afar, like you just said, it's so easy to mm-hmm. jump in and be like, homeboy, oh you're, you're somewhat disrupting what we're trying to achieve here. You know, like, uh <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I don't know how you're 200 miles away, and yet you're corrupting
1: the attitude of these people. I don't get it. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, nowadays you could be in a different country slipping into DMs and, and like poaching is so relevant, uh, prevalent at this point. You get people in, in your athletes' DMs constantly. Who's in your DMs? And all of a sudden, it's like, ah, yeah. shit. <laughs> and people will, what some of these coaches don't understand, some of these clients will take screenshots and show their coach, and be like, look who was in my DMs. Be like, fuck, you!" they'll be literally, for people listening, you don't know, because most people <laughs> listening are just straight up fans, right, or, or athletes. They're, people will slide, like a well-known coach can slide in your DMs and be like, your bench hasn't moved in six months. How come your bench, you're still benching the same six months in a row? Uh, and they'll be like, what's going on with your bench? And then all of a sudden, you start talking to this coach and it's <gasps> like, fuck me, that's how they get you. It, yep. it 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 happens often, you know.
1: It, yeah, uh, it's just... I can see that. Well, yeah, I mean, because talent follows talent, right? Right. You know, so I can see that happen. I I, I guess I've never had that happen, but I'll be honest, I haven't really had a whole lot of top one percent clients. Again, that's just not my like. Is is that awesome? Is that something I want to put on my resume one day? Of course.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's not ultimately my goal. So
0: (laughs) yeah. It's um yeah, it kind of depends on it it depends on the situation. Or if it happens, like not everyone's gonna, you know, turn around and tell you, hey, take a look at this. Some people like, whatever, just move on from it and it's not a big deal. Um, but uh so with this situation back in powerlifting you, um so he he was you took over, you were the official coach by this point. Yes. And he was just a far. And was doing you were you were doing the programming for the whole team as well as like in person watching them squat the whole nine. And yeah. this individual was not an official coach anymore. Correct. And they were, and he was programming and like I guess conceivably looking at videos of their lifts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was this. Is this historically speaking for a powerlifting university? is that how it's done or the powerlifting university? Is it when you sign up, you got to take on the coaches. Like you sign up with the, with the understanding the coaches programming and, and doing your programming.
1: You know, that's how it started when I was on the team, but like there had just been so many issues because the distanced coaching had become so prominent, mm. you know, new people were joining the team that were maybe not even freshmen that had been powerlifting and they already had their own coach and it had happened so many new times that now we've got 30 40 of the team is doing something different anyways so how can we enforce that right so it's like as the sport and and how coaching has evolved it the team just kind of had to evolve with the times i guess
0: and then so sorry go ahead Oh, no, I didn't.
1: Yeah. Okay. And
0: And then um, with that being said, though, when you showed up at competitions with the handle respect to handling and whatnot, then would it be the university's coach because it's on the university? Now you're representing the university, the university coach conceivably, like, is this a paying gig or volunteered or? No,
1: it, 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 it was
0: mostly volunteer.
1: I mean, I got paid a little bit but yeah, it okay. really just covered kind of expenses and stuff like that not really my time but still um, my, your reputation
0: yeah. as as the coach of the university. If exactly. you do if you do poorly it's on you if they yeah. do poorly you look bad yeah and well, the university and, and... looks bad mm-hmm. <laughs> and the distance yeah. guy can be like Hey, fuck. I didn't, yeah, well, you get back away in the distance. He's like that. You could do the old Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson meme, where he backs into the bushes. <laughs> I ain't touch nothing. I don't yeah, know what the fuck's yeah. going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it was frustrating, you know, honestly talking about all this brings me back to my, my final year there or a part of all of it. My wife Shelby was actually the president of the organization and I was the coach. So I'm a little older than she is. Um, we were two and a half kilos away from having a men and women's national championship of the same year. I played the game. I had people change. I had the women. I had some women change weight classes. I had some women switch from raw to equipped. I'm like, look, all you have to do is total in this equipment and you're going to place three spots higher. I played the game the whole year. And prepped and got ready for this. The women's team came in clutch; like they they won. They they did work. And one of the guys that had kind of trickled down from the guy we've been talking about was yeah. handling a lifter and didn't listen to me because there was drama. And wow. I said, "Hey, yeah." He, he literally didn't listen to me, and they they had it set up to where um, there were like multiple flights of the same weight class. Well, we had a wild card who totaled raw and then hopped in equipment at the meet yeah. and actually was a big, had a big enough total to win the weight class.
0: Oh, damn.
1: But he was in the early flight, not the big dog flight. So I said, Hey, jump his deadlift opener up two and a half kilos. So that in case the guy that's number one here only gets his opener he, he will win. Like, our guy will win, and we'll take home a national championship. And because I was me, he told me to fuck off.
2: What?
1: And you know what happened? The guy missed his second and third deadlifts. Oh, <laughs> fudge, man. So, so when you're talking about, like, reputation and shit, and, like, that exact situation, it, it happened. It literally happened.
0: Fuck is that not frustrating where – and people don't understand necessarily when you're playing the game, especially okay, there's playing the game on meet day where you have your opponents scouted, you have your attempts, you've done your due diligence, you know all the rules. you you know if there's chips involved. like there's playing the game meet day. then there's playing the game on your level where you're like in and out of equipment, collecting points long throughout the season be like, we i I, I did everything I could to like all year just trying to make this fucking happen. and yeah. um and here we are. and it's yeah. like, Please man, if there was no politics if it was just you, if it was just you no politics, you could have been like bang, this is what we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and it, I don't think that it ever happened at this point. I don't think Texas A&M powerlifting had ever brought home both equipped national championships.
0: And for a dude who's being like you're being paid, you you got some expenses covered. You're doing this cuz you love it, man. You're doing this for the love of the game. All the work you did all the work you did in researching trying to get yourself in the position is just like it's just like fucking because it's fun to you and you want these kids to have a good time. Yeah. You're not getting fat off this. This isn't like paying the bills, you know. No, this really is not no, this is this is probably not worth your time or aggravation near the end where you're like, you know what? That that so was that one of those things where like, I think if I'm doing this all for fun and with the whole nine, after something like that happens and you put a lot into it all the nights you did prepping for it, the whole nine. Is that one of the things we're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's just not for me.
1: At least at the collegiate level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for that. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. For for mm-hmm. collegiate level coaching, um, because it's just not your, it's not, you, because it's not like the football coach where you can have like, all right, I'm the coach. I, I get to make the calls. Mm-hmm. Does the fucking defensive end, the defensive coach and, or whoever, nobody's overruling you. You're the head coach. Like that's yeah. it this is the place this is what we're doing. I'm making decisions here. We got, yeah. you know, this is on me. Let me do this on meet day. Yeah. Um, how do other universities run it? Do you know?
1: Honestly, it varies. Um, there are some, there are some universities that just really aren't that organized. Everybody has their own coach, but practices like they're not mandatory. It's like, Hey, we have open access gym from this time to this time on these days show up, don't show up. Um, we tried because we had so many people that wanted to be a part of it. We tried to make a lot of things mandatory. And it's like, if, 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 if you want to be a part of this show up
0: yeah.
1: or don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got like, 50 don't other m- I got exactly. 50
0: other people who were in dude. <laughs> <You know>? exactly. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: exactly. We, we had that, I guess, luxury. Um, but we were consistently the biggest or second biggest powerlifting team at every meet we ever did Hmm. so it's hard to say i mean i know utsa um they're they're really big and they they consistently do very very well uh, at powerlifting competitions um but i think even they've got multiple coaches that coach a handful of the lifters Hmm. so like i'm not sure how structured it is it's there's there's no uniformity across uh schools
0: It's just, I guess you just got to adapt to the culture that just naturally grows. Because if you don't, just because of the way it fucking is, man, it's an individual sport in the end. And you could have literally 50 people on the team and they have 50 fucking real coaches, legit. And then if you're the head coach, deal with that, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well.
1: Well, I mean, it it comes down to the fact that Ultimately, I think it just comes down to the fact that there's not enough money. Like, it powerlifting is not an NCAA sport; it's a club sport at the universities that do have it. Right. So there's no scholarships. There's no. There's typically no paid coaches. Um. So if you can't pay a coach, what what are you what are you going to do? It's very hard to get somebody that even halfway knows their stuff to do something for free. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to have that level of unity and organization.
0: That's why like it would be, um, because with you, they got like a two-time world champion and everything you had done in and out of equipment, whatever you want to do, you've done it right up to the world's level. Um, So you would think some of these kids, for some kids, they go to school if you're broke as fuck because you're going to school and you're like, man, this is, you know, I don't got a lot of money. If you're there and you're like, say less, you made the team, they'd be like, oh shit. For some of these kids, it would be like, this is a sweet, this is a sweet go for me. Yeah, I got a world champion in and out of equipment, watching me squat, fixing me up the whole nine and, and pro- whatever programming and, and whatever the shit. Like, that's a sweet deal for some kids who are like, man, I went into university. I was broke because some kids are broke as fuck. They're eating like peanut butter and jam. Yeah. I went to university. Oh, yeah. You see both. <laughs> you see some kids oh, who yeah. were there and they're, they're laughing and you see other kids who were there and it's like, it's tough. I'll, I'll get through, but I'm have some major debt, and I appreciate you know whatever I got.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've actually got one of those guys that that he he looked up to me in high school. Um, You know, I, I actually kind of recruited him to come to AM being a, at a, a state meet one time. Uh, I watched him evolve as a lifter, and he ended up being a groomsmen at, at my wedding. Holy so, shit! <laughs> wow. You know, so yeah, you do have some people like that. Yeah. Um, for one reason or another.
0: How how old were you when you, when this was going on? Like what year was this?
1: 20, oh, 2019 was my last official year as the coach of An and Pylifting. Gotcha. So I graduated in twenty seventeen and then came back in the fall semester to coach. So I was no longer a student and I wanted to give back.
0: Cause you were still, I just looked on open power. Cause you're, you're, you're such a wily veteran that like you're, when people hear about you've been powerlifting for 12 years, a world champion, like 2016, we're talking doggy. Like we're talking so far back. So people think like you could easily with how long you've been in the game, how much you've already accomplished when your resume that you've already done, you would think you're far, this is an older man's resume. To be your age and done everything, including like a, a like a coach at a university level at a team in the whole nine it's crazy man uh but you were only like 20 22 23 24 when you were doing this
1: yeah yeah it was uh 21 to 23 i've always been young and it's like relative to the people around me i've always been one of the younger people and like now i've blinked and i'm like i'm five years older than everybody here <laughs> <laughs> hey dog,
0: you telling me? <laughs> I tell you what. You, you blink twice and you're a middle-aged man. <laughs> you, you know, hey, I'm losing my hair, man. I it feel it like dog, you telling me again. It happens quick, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, don't blink, don't sleep. But um do you feel like like because of your age when you're in there? Do you think it would have been different if you were like a 35-year-old man in that position? Or do you think some of these kids are like, man, you're like my age?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think it would have helped if I at least looked my age. Um, Yes, I have a beard and long hair now. That hasn't always been the case. I've got a baby face. My own father didn't stop getting carted until he was 40 holy shit i uh, yeah so i'm like you know it's time for me to look my age let's try to do something about it this is out of necessity <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's time to be respected like uh, like the man i am like
0: come on. <laughs> i'm wearing only tight shirts now because you guys don't realize what i'm jacking behind these shirts um yeah, no, I'm, it, it It is tough, man. I've, I've done like some coaching and stuff for like a, uh, like they're like in Canada, hockey's huge. So for hockey camps, these kids are going from, you know, junior A's, B's to like the OHL from OHL to NHL, et cetera. And they have like hockey camps. They bring in guys with like weightlifting backgrounds to help for like strength in terms of in the gym. And they got other different coaches for like, they have, I mean, from sprinting to jumping to on ice coaches, some of these, these facilities and centers have so many different coaches i've been brought in a few years in a row uh, with some of these kids and they're they're hockey kids so they're like some of these kids are like i don't know if you watch hockey too often texas isn't known for its hockey but well actually see so here and there we have the dallas Stars. yeah that's I mean, right you know i take that back but it's just because it's, <laughs> it's hot just because it's hot you don't think so but Dallas <laughs> yeah. stars are a pretty big team and they've been around a long time i take it back but um so you know hockey some of these kids I say kids, they're like teenagers, but they'll be like six foot four, two front teeth gone. Some of them are they're there just to fight. You got bruisers right down the finesse kids who are, I'm probably gonna be making some good, good checks in the future. Like the finesse kids, smaller kids to like you you got it all to the kid who's just there for fun, he's never gonna make it beyond a certain like you see it all when you walk in that room. And um I do think to a certain extent, um well, the one thing that helped was because in because we were in the squat rack and doing bench and deads and shit like that. So they were out of the element. I was totally in mine. So that's different. Okay, so they're humbled. <laughs> and, uh, right? It, it's a humbling thing that like you work in with them and it's like, oh, right, this is different. This guy's way smaller than me, shifting a lot more weight. And then all of a sudden, they're giving you a little more room. Um, and then there was that, there were times, man, when- they, these fucking people, and I don't know if you guys dealt with this, seen it as well. You would have like a couple guys, like guys who are not on the same team, but they're in the same training camp. So when the camp is done that summer, they're going to different teams and the they they're alpha males, bro. And some of these guys start going at each other in there. I shit you not. It looked like full on, like fucking fist fights might break out. And I don't know what it's like with like alpha males or whatnot. When you're on the powerlifting, you. But these fellas, I remember I was like, holy shit. And I stepped in and I'm like, fellas. And I had to be like, like, you know, like for really real. Like I was like, holy shit, this straight up could get physical.
1: Like, I'm up, like, like, like I had to shit. step in there, put on
0: the dad voice. <laughs> I had to put on the dad voice. And that's where I'm glad. Like, um, so at the time I'm mid thirties and that's where I'm a little yeah. bit glad. We're like, they realized like doggies, I'm a grown ass adult, man. And I'm fucking my blood pressure's <laughs> going through the roof. Both of you guys, that's enough. Like, like, walk, but, but, like, walk, man. Just walk out the room. Come back when you're ready, or I'll come out and see you in a minute. But you walking outside, <laughs> you're staying in and be like, and I don't want to have this conversation if you're two adults, right? Like, even if you're 18, you're six foot four, 18 year old though, bro. <laughs> you know, you're a <laughs> yeah. monster. So you got to act differently when you're whatever. But it was it was wild. It's wild when you get like that many people in a room like that and they're not necessarily friends um you don't necessarily got to drop names or anything but did you deal with as a 21 year old 22 year old were you ever in a situation where, like fuck man this could get tense when these people get tense with each other you know believe it or not never that
1: i could recall that honestly yeah no that's good no, i can't think of
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, lucky. yeah dog well the babies because i was in a sport were literally fighting Meant you only have a five minute penalty and you're back. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. what a fist fight was. You knock a guy unconscious, he leaves on a stretcher, and you serve your penalty and come back out and keep playing. So yeah. <laughs> that's it a different a culture, I guess.
2: Bit, I guess yeah, it's a different, different
0: culture. Sure. <laughs> These dudes just handle themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck me, I'm from powerlifting, bro. You can't even talk to a judge, you know, half-side or or you're not coming back. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> <shit. sighs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, then it could also be um you know, maybe, maybe on, on the, the dark side of, of powerlifting, maybe that'd be a little bit more prevalent, but right. you know, in the, the, the USAPL, I think is a little bit more.
0: Yeah. PC. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I don't think these guys, I don't think these guys are doing anything in terms of PEDs. but you never it who like, uh, I'm probably be way too innocent to think that someone who thinks they might be going to the NHL, making money. Wouldn't they're 18 yeah. year olds, 19 year olds. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, un-
1: unfortunately, uh, drug tested does not mean drug free, you know, I've been saying yeah. that for years.
0: Well, if, if it's, especially if it's like the, mate, the the sports where you make millions, like the real sports, I shouldn't say real sports, powerlifting. No, sports. no, no. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, where you make I know, a living, I got where, you. Yeah. where you can change your life and everyone else's life around you. If you make it, then yeah. it's like, all right, this is a whole nother level of.
1: There's a lot more on the line.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's man, talk about experiences you would have at such a young age, man. Where you're like a leader at 21. Yeah,
1: I, I and it's always just kind of happened, you know. Like, I've got a really loud voice. I, when I'm in my element, I talk a lot. Uh, you know, um, I guess I've been I've been told that I have just kind of a commanding presence, especially in the weight room.
0: So maybe that's why it was never a problem. Dog, look at. One hundred percent. Once I'm telling you, man, these some some kids, some boys are wild. Um, like some of those those hockey players are wild. But once they walk in the weight room, you feel they're little. They're little. They feel more humble, and you will feel like it's different. Setting is everything. If you're comfy in your setting, you don't even have to be talking powerlifting. All of a sudden, you're funnier all of a sudden you're like in front of 20 people cracking jokes and being like, you're recall, <laughs> what'd you guys do on the Friday night? Let me tell you guys, like all of a sudden you're that guy because you, yeah. you you're in your element now, but then like, you know, it's just, it's wild how that can happen. And then you step on the eyes and then they- oh, well, hey, yeah, no, hey, <laughs> you will never see me. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Or anything cardio based. And all of a sudden I'm humble. But, uh, but I know what you mean where you would say like, um, yeah. Even at 21, man, all of a sudden it's, it can be totally different
2: mm-hmm.
0: once you get out there. So so let's talk about the 2016 um, Josh Hancock, you know, the whole night. Holy fuck, dude. I remember for anyone listening, most people will not have been around for 2016, but 2015, 2016, 2014, I think he, Josh Hancock won 74 kilo juniors, 2015, he bombed out in 2016. And he was, he was a social media guy. He was with mm-hmm. Brett Gibbs in all these YouTube videos, Nick Wright in all these YouTube videos. Him and Brett were like freaking frack. They had a business together. They were mm-hmm. um, like best friends. Brett moved from New Zealand, a paradise to live with Josh Hancock and them. In, in Newfoundland, where, like, the weather is terrible. I don't know how they did that. Uh, my man my man was hustling backwards. I mean, what are you doing, my friend? But anyways, it was like that. Josh Hancock was massive. In 2016, people who don't know, Josh Hancock was massive. In yeah. in the Arnold Classic, he had beat Taylor Atwood, the 74, at the Arnold Classic. And there was trash talk between him and Taylor leading into it. And, and he beat Taylor. Like, this is it was different at that point in time and going into 2016 worlds Josh was feeling himself. and was, he was, he was making posts saying I'm going to win not only my weight class, I'm going to win best lifter. I am going to like, he's,
1: you know, you know, if I'm being honest, him running his mouth is actually a part of the reason why I did a raw meat to qualify for Raw Nationals oh, <laughs> shit. Just so that I could compete against him. Because I remember looking at the total that he put up, and I'm like, I've never done a Raw Meet before ever. And just the numbers I know I can do now, I'm within 70 pounds of that. And so I did a Raw Meet, qualified for Raw Nationals, claimed my spot as a junior at Nationals start prepping for worlds. You know, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to take on Hancock. And uh, six weeks out, he
0: dropped out. It was, it was so bizarre, dude. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I love your... <laughs> here. Here's, here's the thing, like, um, I remember... Like, so for people listening, they don't understand how big of a deal, like out of nowhere, from so much hype of this... And him talking so boldly about winning best lifter and creaming everybody, and, and not realizing how big of a presence he was at at that point in time. We had some people's social media followings, but his was one of the biggest, you know. And especially he had like him and, and Brett was massive at the time, and him and Brett were super close. And him and uh, JP and like he, they they had a crew, and mm-hmm. um they had a crew before like other powerlifters really had crew, crew, social media yeah. crew. They had a crew, and um six weeks out he made a post and I mean, this was a fucking bad thing to do. He likened himself to like a Wayne Gretzky leaving the game when it's like my friend, uh, you know, it was a little, <laughs> my friend, you know,
1: maybe if you, maybe
0: if it was open world that you had won, like maybe it, you, have a uh, and you had already run. won like 17 times in a row. Uh, you, know, like <laughs> you were like, or, or Slaw or whatever from, uh, or from Poland who's like 17 oh, times yeah. in a row, something like that. If you're Olik um, but anyways, Yeah. So he, he, but he six weeks out, out of nowhere said, Hey guys lost the fire, decided to retire. And it was like, the fuck you talking about last week, you're talking about destroying everybody doing shirtless selfies and getting thousands of likes. And, uh, you lost the fire. We got, we got like Blake's coming in and like, this is going to be the battle. This is going to be, this was, and you know, spoiler alert, you put up a total. He's never put up at that world's it never has since. And and that total, like, yeah, that, that would have been a career best total for him. So what is, did he, did he see what was coming on the pipeline or did he, what are you thinking? What's going on uh, I mean, that that was
1: definitely the thought that occurred to me and and, and those around me, um, you know, a, a lot of other people were hyping me up and doing a little bit of shit talking on my behalf. Um, oh, and that's when shit. He, he had his whole hashtag, take what's yours, right? And then Victoria Lang, I think is who it was, coined Blake was yours.
0: Oh, <laughs> dude, I remember this. Listen, I was running the IPF uh, Instagram at the time, and um, I fucking reposted one of your posts. And your hashtag Blake, with yours was in it. <laughs> and people went, holy fuck. The IPF just fucking reposted it with that hashtag. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not taking away the kid's hashtag, man. The, the marketing's on point. The marketing's on point. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, <laughs> so even when I was doing the IPF Instagram, I was hyping things. But uh, yeah, dude, it was. So he knew he had a battle. And did you think like, I don't know, man, what the fuck? Who does this? Yeah,
1: I was so upset. I'm a competitor. I've always been a competitor. I was there to compete against yeah. Hancock. Yeah. Like, that's all I wanted to do. I, I've never done a raw meat before looking up to this. <laughs> like, I changed equipment divisions to do this.
0: Yeah. And he doesn't
1: freaking show up.
0: It, it's, um, it's, it's this hard thing. Like, look at whatever it is, what it is. Um, He moves on with his life, whatever. It the, the biggest thing is the amount of hype around it. And, and it was all like, like in what he was bringing. And I actually enjoyed it. I like hype because it makes people care when otherwise it's tough to make people care about powerlifting. Um, you know, we don't have mainstream yeah. media hype in it. We don't have, uh, it's tough. It gets tough. So I actually enjoyed what, like I enjoy when someone's bringing it. So if he brings it, it actually brings gentlemen like you who are like, let me jump in here. Oh my God, let me go head to head with this guy. Um, you know, he's, he's <laughs> talking loud, whatever. This is actually good. It raises boats. So you bring in people being like, let me try to silence them. And then whatever he, he brings and attention he brings, when you go in there against him, now that's yours. Now you get to share that spotlight. It, win or lose, even if you lost and it was tight, everyone will know who you are afterwards, man. Like, Holy fuck. Sure, everyone battle. knew. Yeah. It's good no matter what. It's good no, even win or lose, it's good for both. Of you. of Even if he would have lost but it was tight. It would have been tight because he was close to your total. He just mm-hmm. hadn't bested your total. And so, you you know, you, looking back, it looks like, yeah, he's never done what you did. But it would have been close enough that it was like, it would have been good. He would have had a good account of himself. Mm. And then look what you've gone on to do. So looking back, it would have been fine. Like he lost to one of the all-time greats in yourself breaking all these records. But um, that's, that's why when he pulled out, especially with all that, it was like fudge that's disappointing. When I was there at Worlds, and everyone found out like I was Canadian. This is, this is the first year I started doing King of the Lifts. So, and I was doing in the first year I started doing commentating. So no one really knew who I was. So they both, so when they found out I'm Canadian, they're like, how disappointed are you about <laughs> Josh Hancock? And I was like, <laughs> like, like now people look at team Canada and you see like a fuck, like Jessica Bittner and shit, you see like stars and it's yeah. like, whatever. But at that point in time, Josh Hancock was huge. He was our number mm-hmm. one guy, even though he's a junior he was bigger than everyone in the open in terms of popularity, in terms of following, he was one of the biggest period in the IPF. Uh,
1: you know, I just remembered this. I had people slide into my DNs from Canada saying they were rooting for me and they hoped that i would him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I
0: didn't know him. I didn't know him personally. I didn't know. Him. I don't, I, I've met him here and there at meets, but I never actually like hung out with him. I didn't know him at all.
1: Uh, see, and, and obviously I've, I've never met the guy because he didn't show up. Um, right. Fair. <laughs> but I've honestly never heard anything nice about him.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, and I, I guess I'll leave it at that, but okay, yeah. <laughs> it also is like um, it also is when you get big in, in, big in relative terms, now his following, what his following is then would be not very big now but his following at the time was. And um, when you get that big to people, it's gonna rub people the wrong way no matter what.
1: Sure, sure, sure. I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? That's true.
0: And, And sometimes you just gotta be big enough, have enough shine and people are like, I wanna see somebody beat this guy. And, and that's, that's all it is. Right. It's just, you know, it's just the fucking way it goes, man. <laughs> right? You can't yeah. have too much. somebody just wants to be the contrary, but like, this guy's got to get knocked knocked off his perch Been yeah. on there too long. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, it was, I, so the, I remember that's when really, you came to prominence. I remember the Blake with yours. I remember that year, um, you know, going into 2016, there was a fuckload of Josh Hancock coming out of 2016. You won in and out of equipment, became the world champion, and there's a fuckload of, of Blake with yours, if you will. And um, so after that, after that point in time, I mean, you added like from the Arnold Classic, etc. And then a, a specific set, specific point in time, you decided, I think I'm going to go untested. What why? What was your? Did you think you had achieved what you wanted to in the IPF and thought, you know what? Let me push this. Like, like Hack said, he's like, I want to push it, period. Like, as far as my body can go, like you're doing obviously nine ten now, which is inconceivable. Yeah, well, and, and
1: definitely that was uh, uh, an, an element of it. Um, to put it shortly, <laughs> right. there was a lot of political BS and some things that happened to me in the USAPL and IPF. Oh wow! Uh, After that, that just made me not even want to be affiliated with either one of the organizations anymore.
0: Holy smokes, dude! Okay, well the the shortly is very intriguing. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, well, uh, I mean that one's a little bit easier to explain. So my um, my last year at Raw Worlds, twenty was it twenty nineteen? If you have open, I've yeah, I got open.
0: I got I got you open right now. One sec here uh did he do raw worlds 2018 18. you had yeah is raw Worlds
1: okay 18 so that squat or uh, on squat at that meet so i attempt a junior world record squat on my second attempt right um i get the lift two to one you know two white lights, all we need right turn in the open world record squat for my third And go to the back room, Arian's there, um, talking with Arian. Somebody walks out and tells Arian, as I'm talking to him, that they overturned my squat, Mm. my good squat. Nothing, no deliberation was made, none whatsoever. Jury member literally just stands up. And goes and tells the the people at the scoring table that wasn't a good lift. Don't give it to him.
0: Mm, Overturned at the jury, sir.
1: Well, and that was after a lot of political BS had happened in the USAPL. And so it kind of felt like I was being targeted. Your your political uh,
0: BS with yourself in the USAPL?
1: No. uh, Well, political BS that... they... Did some shit to me, basically. USAPL
0: Um, did. Yes. Oh, Uh,
1: unfairly. Um, I had to get attorneys involved. It was holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I said it. it felt like I was being targeted. I I was livid, but of course I'm gonna do what a smart lifter would do. I'm just gonna take it again. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim my world record squat on the on the world stage, right? So I go, I take it again, two red lights.
0: And, and, and when you say this, was there an American in the jury? Is that why you thought that it was it was attached? Um no.
1: It was just one of those things. I mean, maybe I was just correlating it with all the events that had happened. But like, when have you ever seen a jury member just casually? Get up and overturn a good lift. It'll a happen. good lift. It, well, I mean, of course it does. Have I've seen yeah. it happen a few times, but yeah. the only times I've seen it was because somebody went to the jury
0: and contested it. I've never yeah. seen it
1: happen unprompted.
0: I've seen me. it happen unprompted, but um, I, I know what you mean. Look at the end of the end of the day, like it's tough, man. You're you're a junior. Yeah. You're at the world championships, and you just fucking broke a world record and literally had it given to you. And then after you were told it's yours and you're celebrating a world record at the world stage at the world championships, that's tough. I get it, it's tough, man. Yeah. And, and then if you've been through um, litigation at your age, for fuck's sake, uh, when you're like as y- a young man, like you were in court, whatever, like you said previously, your back is up a little bit. You're, I understand where you'd be like, look at. Maybe, maybe it's maybe they're connected, maybe they're not connected. But the way I felt it, the way you will feel a little bit of yeah, I get it. It is, yeah, yeah, I, no, I definitely felt I understand.
1: Some type of way. Yeah, yeah, you're entitled. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: life has been good since, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's tough. But you won those world that world championship,
1: I did, I did. And then at
0: the end of
1: the day, it wasn't about that squad, it's about the total, you right. know. I, I've been telling people I'm not a deadlift specialist I'm a total specialist I come here for the total <laughs> That's how titles are won my friend <laughs> yes exactly being a deadlifter helps a lot because I have the final say
0: yeah yeah what but... so, so after so after that you decided I'm I'm leaving both USAPL and IPF starting yes. anew, starting anew from there yeah yeah was it tough because it was you know the, the structure of it, um you know with like state meet national meet world meet and this is it's a whole nother ball game when you go like especially untested it's it's different
1: it no it definitely is and it was um <laughs> it was kind of a hard transition if i'm being honest you know i thought you know powerlifting is powerlifting everybody's here for the same thing you know that but i definitely felt like i was a little out of my element you know, these are not the normal people that I've been around for the past 10 years. Well, like,
0: yeah, <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yes, My normal no. has
1: changed. Yeah, your normal <laughs>
0: has changed. People are super sized and fucking, yeah, man, it's it's yeah. different when you were walking around with, uh, you know, 20 times the testosterone or, or whatever, you're gonna, yeah, man, people a little bit more rambunctious, a little bit here and there. Well, and then
1: also like I'm uh, USA when I was competing USAPL-IPF, I was an average sized lifter. Like <sighs> I was literally average. I mean, you got people in the 205s that are my height in the USAPL-IPF. Right. Um I went up a weight class, gained 20 pounds, and I'm still the smallest person in the room.
0: Holy shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Literally gained over 20 pounds, but I'm still the smallest person. Yeah. Following see- some
0: of the women. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different world in the untested um, in the meat. Like it's, it's, I, I find like, um, how do you find coming from at an international level with IPF worlds, like the handling, you're talking about being with Arian Messi Messi, Messi who's fucking phenomenal handler in terms of like, he's a wizard at this. Um, I remember I could, at that world championships in Canada, I was talking to team Canada in the back in between sessions and i was like so who we got who we got up and they were telling me who it was and then they were like oh, fuck and i'm like what they're like arian's handling what <laughs> does that mean and they're like this guy's a fucking this guy's good man you make a mistake that's it it'll cost you if it's close it'll cost you and he knows and how I'm to play like, the game he could play he could <laughs> play the game and um sometimes because there isn't necessarily in in the untested It's so much more spread out due to the fact it isn't, you go to nationals, you have to go to nationals and then you go to worlds. Mm -hmm. So all of the best in your weight class are gonna be at the same competition, in your weight class, head to head, at nationals, and then you were all gonna converge at worlds with national team coaches flying to that point. So you are, this has to happen, as opposed to sometimes an untested, you may or may not have a guy or girl, depending who you are, in your weight class, that's competitive and it's close and it, you're playing the game. And, and mm-hmm. it might you could go a long time like that. And there's so many, it's not really bottlenecked into one nationals where everybody's showing up at uh, the one big meet that year in the US. And then everyone from there is now battling the rest of the world at one big meet held somewhere else in the world it's spread throughout one country and a multiple different events. So like the game playing the game in terms of like handling isn't quite the same. No, not
1: at all. It's, it's totally different. Uh, I mean, um, one of the most intense games I've ever been a part of was actually uh, myself. Like I was lifting and it was the first collegiate nationals that I had won. Well, there were like, Five of us within 20 to 30 kilos of each other like it was pretty close yeah but not only were five of us within 20 to 30 kilos of each other in total there were 11 of us within 10 kilos of the American record deadlift
0: oh wow (laughs) yeah so (laughs) So we
1: had to turn in like 300 kilos at the time and this was back when pulling 600 as a 74 was just absolutely unheard of even in equipment right and i turn in like 300 kilos and every single person before me had chipped the next one or two and a half kilos above the next one one per everybody missed oh my god but the weight had to keep going up because they were chipping each other
0: yeah the weight can only
1: so we were at 285 kilos, I think is what it was. 628 was the the tenth guy in line, and he missed his. So we bumped mine straight down to
0: 285. Yeah, <laughs> and I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah, this is falling like dominoes. You're like the yeah. Like that here. was
1: one of the most intense things that like I've ever just watched. Like, oh my god, there's a streak of red on the board, and everyone's playing the game. <laughs>
0: And you were, um, and this is where I I honestly, like, I think this will prep somebody coming from an IPF level who's gone right to worlds in terms of how the meets are run, how tight things are when you go through nationals to worlds in everything from check-in to attempt selection, to getting your cards into knowing whom like scouting reports to like knowing all the rules straight through to the whole nine. And then if it gets tight, you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. I shit you not like some people like if you get that pedigree and then you go on to the untested, it's gotta be an advantage. No, if you never, if if you only had ever gone straight to untested and you never went through that.
1: Yeah. If you, yeah. If you don't know how to play the game, it's definitely putting yourself at a disadvantage. Uh, And my, my wife who's always my handler at my competitions now, like I've kind of versed her in, in playing the game. Right. So again, once Jamal missed, both of us kind of had the same idea at the showdown like, hey, there's a good chance it's not going to happen cuz I've been in those I've been in his shoes. I know yeah. what's
0: going through his head. I've been there. Yeah, yeah like I feel you my man. But no, yeah. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not your day but it, it shines on me today, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god,
1: even when he missed his bench it actually made me really sad because he walked off the platform. He attempted 500 right before me. And um he just said, man, I fucking hate that weight. And I was like, man, I've missed it three times in comp. Like, I feel
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. It is, um, you know, I mean, Hack talks about it as well. Because, like, obviously, you just took Hack's record. But he was saying how, like, going through that process and just understanding how to, how to handle. And I can't believe you're actually lifting and handling it yourself at the same time. That's just super stressful. You got 60 seconds. But the, it's different when you have the amount of adrenaline you get through your body to, to get a good lift or when you have that kind of weight on your back or in your hands or you know whether it's over your chest, your body, your, you can't do calculations and whatnot. It's very difficult. So when you got 60 seconds after you've just done that and whether you hit or miss, now you gotta recalculate and take a look at the scoreboard and be like, where are we at? You know, that's, man, that's, that is crazy hard.
1: Uh, yeah, well, and I, Honestly, I'd say in the way things are structured on the untested side of competitions, it actually makes it a little bit easier that there's not 10 people in my weight class that I'm competing against. I'm, playing, I'm competing against everybody for you know big cash prizes now. So at the end of the day, I just need to put up as big of a total as I can. Mm. That's what it comes down to. So I can actually come in with a game plan and actually stick to the game plan i'm not basing attempts off of what everybody else is doing right which you had to get well versed in at these meets where you are competing against 10 other people that like depending on you know one miss lift and now you're within 10 kilos of 10 people right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> changes it, it literally things yeah. change in the game it's not yeah it, it isn't uh like you have to for instance some guys are like in silver And you have to make the decision, am I going for gold? Am I defending silver? Because bronze is too tight. And you have to start looking like, okay, it is way too tight. You have to make a clutch decision. You got 60 seconds. Um, How realistic is it? And then like, this is as opposed to just, let's just go nine for, let's just go as heavy as you can. Yeah. But if it's the world championships and I'm telling you, you have a silver right now, if you hit this and I've seen you hit this, or you might fall to fifth. You need to start. We need to talk. This isn't just load the bar anymore. W- not when you got USA across the chest, you're going to go home in the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, you're going to be like, holy fuck. Like I've seen, we've seen like <laughs> people load the bar with something they didn't need on their last deadlift. And it's like, what the fuck was that going to get you? You were like five kilo more and you would have stayed in third or second. You know, you had too little to yeah. move notch up. But you had more than you needed. So what the fuck were you pulling for? You were just loading the bar. You were just loading the bar with what you thought your RP10 was. It's like, well, I guess
1: all of the spotters. (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
0: what is the direction here? Like that doesn't that doesn't happen at the national top end or the world top end, or like, you know, it can't. If it does, it's it's very shocking. It stands out. It's, it's embarrassing, almost, right?
1: Yeah, well, it definitely can be. But, you know, it's funny, like, because I'm so competitive, I've actually told my wife on several occasions when she's handling me. I was like, if I'm ever in that situation, I was like, you know I'm going for first, right? Let's be clear. I'm already here. Everybody already knows I'm a deadlifter. And at this point, I have a reputation or just loading up a Hail Mary third attempt and seeing what happens,
0: yeah. yeah. At this point, that is Blake. <laughs> yeah, you go, we do go, we're gonna have, we're going 20, 2016. Blake, what's yours right now? Yeah. okay, can we bring yeah. that back when you broke <laughs> hacks' record? That you should have brought that back. You're like, I collected another big scalp. There it is. It.
1: You know, I actually thought about stealing something from hacks that I always thought was absolutely hilarious, what's right that? around the same time frame, um, before he bested Gibbs on the platform he, on his Instagram. He had uh, number two on the platform and, but number one in your hearts. Yes, dude. I remember I that.
0: Like, oh, man. I, I remember, uh, dude, we're, we're going down memory lane. I remember that 2016 <laughs> before he beat Brett. It was, yeah, it was number number two in the rankings, number one in your heart. <laughs> and now and I, I like, think and for the past years, it's just been like number one in your heart or whatever. It doesn't ring the same.
1: No, no, it doesn't. I was like, can I, can I steal that? Is that appropriate now? Like, can I have that?
0: But now you (laughs) can't. Now that you broke the record, you can't though. It's kind of like, well, I guess I'm, you know, you're number one now. Well, not, but the hat, if you go to open powerlifting, I'm number two. Say
1: word. If you go to open powerlifting and click on raw men. Yeah. I'm
0: number two. Ah, Why is that? Dots. Oh, Sugar. Got you. So if you go by dots then, so how do you feel about this? Because let's be, okay, this is a good conversation that I'll have with you because you're an OG as well. And you've, you've been around the block, um, forever. It was Wilkes and, and like I, you, you got your head wrapped around everyone knew Wilkes right through, uh, for, you know, around that time, 2016, 500 was the elite. Remember with the raw test it was 500. Um, and that was like, when you knew, I remember when Lane Norton hit 500, he made his third attempt. He had, he had a one or something that is in a meet and he's like, fuck it. Let's get around 500 Wilkes. Cause that was yeah. the, the club, to join. Um, so, and then later on, we switched it to, after that was an IPF, there was a new Wilkes, old Wilkes, new Wilkes, IPF points, good lift points and dots. And I've, we've had competitions like the Virginia pro USAPL said, the Virginia pro. When we changed the formula, you can totally change the rankings of the Virginia pro just by mm-hmm. changing the formula. And, but the same performance has happened And historically speaking. If in 20 years, we have a new formula, people can look back at these competitions and be like, how did this guy beat that guy? And be like, oh, they they were using a different formula. But if you use our new formula. Like you could rewrite history. Like how do you feel about it all? Because now you're on the side of powerlifting that's all formula and there's all very little head to head. You know, uh, I guess
1: I got mixed opinions about it. Um, Dots obviously favors me a little bit more than what the Wilkes does. So on a personal level, I like it better. Sure. I'm not going to be beat by Dan Bell, you know, and and that's not because Dan Bell's not... Fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved watching him total 2600 sure. at the current. Like, it was fucking great. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. But Wilkes always favored the heavier lifters and then the little people. I say little people, really lightweight, yeah. lightweight lifters. But the middle, they never won competitions. They never, very, very rarely got top three uh, overall at IPF Worlds. You know, um, And so I think the dots, the fact that it's skewed more towards like 181 to 220, I think it's a little more fair because it's based on the amount of people in those weight classes. Like there's a bigger percentage of people in those weight classes than there are in at the super light weight classes and the super heavy weight classes.
0: The talent pool uh, <clears throat> is, is its thicker. So to rise to the top of that talent pool conceivably should be harder
1: yeah so i i i think it's personally i think the dots is a little bit more fair i i I, it always bothered me that wilks was skewed towards the heavier lifters and that like at a certain point they really weren't penalized for gaining 20 pounds i'm like i gained 20 pounds my coefficient drops by
0: 40 and you you lose your girlfriend Yeah, yeah right you lose your
1: abs you lose your girlfriend like Jim <laughs> bros
0: gym bros are like damn man what happened and like yeah, yeah man it's a life change and here's the thing super heavyweights don't really worry about um you know the calculators and and winning on that kind of thing because they have the absolute power when it's like 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 for instance when ray williams was was uh the number one guy Ray Williams, there was Wilkes around, so he would win best lifter. But mm-hmm. Ray, unless there's money on the table, which which really there wasn't, um, Ray Williams didn't have to worry about that because he was the strongest man in the world. It's like, well, sure, we could do a calculation and Wilkes can tell me I'm strongest pound for pound, but that really should be geared towards people who are anything but super heavyweights. Because if you're super heavyweight, you don't need any favors. You're the fucking super heavyweight champ. You are squatting a thousand pounds. You are like that. You're on ESPN when he squatted a thousand. Like you're that guy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if you're going to use a calculator, you don't even. What's the sense of having a calculator? To tell me, raise the best was like, yeah, kilos justified that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Just, just total. It's all you need to talk about. Yeah, right. that's
1: my total. Like, right. That's, exactly. Like, that's all you
0: need. Exactly. So we. It didn't really. That's why Wilkes and and um, I would see in competitions like even at local meets at local levels. If you had a guy who's run of the mill, middle of the pack, middleweight, or so sorry, middle of the pack, heavyweight, would defeat a half decent, a half decent middle. He doesn't have, like a really good middle will still beat, uh, uh you know, the heavyweight. But sure. if, if the middle was half decent, he could still lose to a guy who's far worse a power lifter than him rather, at heavyweight. It and you would see it, you'd be like, that. 83 or 74 is no questionably better than that 120 plus who just beat him like that 120 plus has had it on his like third competition this guy's like a six-year veteran who like was is like like national level but he's gonna get beat by a two two-time novice who like just walks in here's like hey fuck i guess this this is pretty cool it is like yeah. just one best lifter in <laughs> the, the 74 and 83 guys like
1: like, like it, 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 yeah, yeah. The 7483 guys. like he weighs 100 pounds more than me, only totaled 100 pounds more than me, right? Right, like, there it is. It,
0: yeah, there was no penalization by the fact that how did I make it as close as it was to fight the despite the fact that I'm half his size. Yeah. Uh, what's the sense of using a calculator if it's not evening that out? It's it, the only exactly. reason why you would have it. Um, and now, so, so then back then, I remember the argument was. I'll just worry when, when your weight class kilos is the one there, they, that's all that matters. Go ahead, dad. But in now that you go in the untested, it's almost all calculator, exactly. but it does, it works for some entertainment. It's just not quite what you were saying, for instance, where you have 10 guys all going in the same weight class or like five guys and anyone can win it. There's a little different, all in the same weight class and straight kilos. It's a little sure. different. Yeah. Um I don't know. How do you feel about it? Because I, some of the shows I love and I'm like, this is good through and through, but I also still am a head to head competition type of guy.
1: You know, I, I am too. I guess I just have to, I, my, my state of mind is just slightly shifted to what the competition is. Like going into this meet, I knew Jamal was my number one competition. Like obviously hack is hack. I'm like, I'm going to have to go nine for nine and he's having to go three or four for nine for me to even think. About a Hail Mary deadlift to beat it. Mm -hmm. So let's just cross that bridge when we get there. If we get there. You know. So I knew I'm going. Pretty much going for Jamal. It's going to be me or him. Second or third. So I actually got to play the game a little bit this time around. Mm -hmm. And again, I was able to on, on deadlifts. So. But I. I do enjoy. Having a lot more competition. Like. Whenever there's somebody in my weight class at a meet, like, like Jawan, I, I absolutely love when I go to a competition and Jawan is there because I'm like, it's going to be close. Yeah. I'm actually going to have to manipulate my attempts around his. Yeah. Um, so there, there, it is more exciting. It's more exciting for me. It's more exciting for the crowd, you know, um, as much as I'm a competitor, I guess, to some extent, I like being an entertainer as well. Like I love it when the crowd gets hyped for me, like they're all happy. I'm happy. Like, yeah. it's great. Uh-
0: <laughs> There's nothing like the tension of like um, looking on there being like, if he hits this, we know what happens. It's all come down to the, especially if you're a deadlifter, like, because you're the deadlifter, you know what it's like to walk up there and be like, I can turn everything I'm behind right now. And with one pull, I could pull myself into a massive win. and everyone knows when you hit the platform they're like, it's all come down to this
1: yeah and it's the last it's just the
0: quiet yeah yeah
1: i love it yeah i one of the most exciting moments uh that i've gotten to witness was when uh uh Yang Su ren yeah <laughs> he was in 13th place yeah. at Raw nationals and he hail married like a 750 or 770 deadlift it was to crazy get top
0: five it, and it I was like this guy just moved up eight places he 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 i think it was a seven fifty so three hundred and forty kilo and um he came out of nowhere man i remember me yeah. and joey me and Joey Flex did a preview show and uh I remember as a joke i'm like, and who knows uh I just looked down the rankings. Yang Su Ren could come out of nowhere and shock everybody. But I was fucking around on the preview show. I just grabbed someone's name as I looked in that I didn't recognize. And <laughs> damned if I didn't make the prediction of the year by accident. <laughs> and he just came out of nowhere. And I remember we're all like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> you don't want to be like the old Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like he came out of nowhere with that. Yeah, like I never, I never heard of him before. Yeah. No, no, no. Anyone says they knew I seen him coming. You're lying. Nobody had seen him coming. Stop it. And, um, and now of course, like he's a deadlift God, but I mean, I, I got to get him on a platform somewhere and see what the hell he does. But um, yeah, in, in terms of like uh, your current goal. So now that you hit this, what do you have on the horizon? Cause you have, or actually, you know what? Before we look in the future, I wanted to ask you also, I have two questions, similar, but similar, but different. What is your most proud moment in powerlifting? Uh, And this is coming from, you know, multiple time world champion in the IPF, in and out of equipment, breaking uh, world records and untested John hacks, no less. Um, And so what is your proudest? And then what is your fondest? And here's why it might be different i moments where I'm proud. Like, I'm like, that was, that was my fucking either. That was my best performance. Oh my God. Or wow. I can't believe I rallied back from how that started. I'm proud of myself. And then there's a the fondest where it was like, my day was good, but the event, the people, the battles around me, the something about it was like, I'll never fucking forget that week. The lifting was amazing, but the, there were, sometimes there's like a. You know, so yeah, so it, sure. it's not always the same.
1: No, I do I do actually have two different answers. Nice. Um, I, honestly, I'd say my proudest was actually that five hundred pound bench. At, oh at the wow! Hybrid. Single
0: I, lift, right down to the I, very lift. I,
1: I I I've hit that one time in training, and that was leading up to the showdown. And I was so sure I was going to get it at the showdown. I, I mean, absolutely so sure. I opened at four seventy four and i went straight to 500 on my second. i was like i'm going to get this and there's going to be more room in the tank. like i was yeah. so confident. yeah. and i fucked it up twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so for it to come through when i had no expectations of it coming through, I- i'm like that that i was so ecstatic. i i am more proud of that lift than pulling together the 843 because i knew I knew I was capable of that. I didn't actually think I was capable of that five hundred one on the day.
0: <laughs> Isn't it wild how that can happen, eh?
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's powerlifting. Anything can happen, right? Uh, you have the best prep in the world and go three for nine, like. Um, but then, like my fondest moment, I believe is my first full meet IPF Worlds. Um, in the Czech Republic. I, I, I didn't even win. I got second place to uh, a good friend of mine, Alexander Eriksson. We've been buds ever since. We actually competed against each other at Bench Worlds a few months prior in okay. April. And then we competed against each other um, in, in Prague in that August or September. And that was just the best time of my life. Uh, I mean, I, I've actually got a sleeve kind of de- dedicated to powerlifting that I'm working on. And in the, this is actually the Prague Castle.
0: Oh, snap, dude. Yeah. And is that and then, just, and how how old were you at the time?
1: Uh, it was I I, can, 19, I can take
0: 19, 20? A freaking teenager. Let's take a look here, sir. That's two thousand. Uh, was that fifteen or fourteen? I might have just turned twenty. Here it is. You were so you were nineteen in the bench world. Twenty yep. in check. Three months. You just turned twenty, dude. So you were a you were still a baby, man. Yeah. Damn near it's still a teenager. In, with USA across the chest, on Team America, competing at a world championships, mm-hmm. bench worlds and three-lift worlds back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, that's wild,
1: man. Yeah, no, and that, that was just, to this day, again, it was so memorable. I'm like, I've got to, like, I want to commemorate it. Like, it was just, it was a good experience. I made great friends, you know, traded some shirts with some people that I still have hanging in my closet. I can't wear anymore because they don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's
0: yeah people are like is this a headband what is this what is this thing for you? um it's a bandana um yeah i mean it's a it's a hell of an experience if you haven't experienced one before to show up at a world championships like the it, it's always amazing but the first one is like it's wild well and then the
1: banquet and you know everybody people haven't drank all year because they're they're, they're, they're waiting until this meat the meat's done okay let's party yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. like everybody's letting loose it, it's just yeah it was just a great experience all the way around
0: a freaking like american teenager in Prague, all the way to the other side of the world you're oh, like yeah it would be wild man
1: there, i mean there were some crazy shit like there was a liquor store that had a, a, um, a bottle in the window, it was solid blue. It was like a square shaped bottle and it's like a foot tall and it says cocaine up the <laughs> side of the bottle. And I'm like, no way. I, I literally didn't believe it. I go in the store. I pick the bottle up and look at it. Not only is it cocaine, it's absinthe laced with cocaine. I'm what? like what? y'all know
0: how to what party <laughs> like you guys are doing it right over here I, like, yeah. holy shit. you got your upper your downer and your hallucinogen like yeah.
1: what
2: are you doing
0: <laughs> wow man fudge dude and um you know it's it, some people have on and they're like I don't drink there's there's a few pop there's quite a few man who don't drink but so you drink that
1: no not anymore
0: Oh, you don't anymore.
1: I haven't I haven't drank
0: since maybe 2016, 17. That was close to the end then. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it just like in the way of like
1: period? I, there's I mean there's a handful of reasons. One of it is I I, I stopped drinking a bit for my competitions and then I kind of lost like that acquired taste for it. Yeah. And I was like, and not only that, I have an incredibly high tolerance for it anyways. Mm. So like I'm not a cheap date. It doesn't taste <laughs> good. It, it doesn't taste good anymore because I've lost the acquired taste.
2: Yeah, so yeah. I'm
1: like, what what what's like what's the point? I don't get <laughs> I don't enjoy it enough to spend that kind of money to feel bad. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> fair enough. And if you drink too much the next day is an absolute write-off, my friend. Sure. Um, yeah yeah it's uh, fair enough but yeah those those world championships man when you travel um, and you show up in a different country and everybody's in that hotel and it's just like it's it's like nothing you've ever had in your life yeah no, it's just the wildest man and everybody's feeling the same thing you're feeling like it's crazy you go into your hotel room and you, you 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 feel the energy because everybody's buzzing from like the, the showdowns that are happening the next day on the platform to like people celebrating at the bar in the in the you know the lobby bar or like around town or like just like just go to the lobby for a minute grab a beer and watch so many people you see them from social media everywhere just there from around the world though not from like driving in or whatever they flew across oceans to be there and so it's like hammered. It's the wildest, man. Because yeah, every, every day new people are lifting and every day that they're done and they're celebrating and like, it's the wildest fucking thing. It's such a wild thing to go to a world championship. I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to go there year after year. But like, somebody has the opportunity man, go. Yeah, no, go. even if it's only one time, go. Got go, to please. Got to, just to like, I don't give a fuck where you're going to end up in the rankings. I guarantee you're going to love it. You know, know what I mean? The is
1: worth the banquet's worth it every time. You go for the banquet. <laughs> yeah.
0: the banquet will kill it every time.
1: Um, Unless it's the raw banquet, those are no fun. I don't know why. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know
0: brother. Brother, they've got <laughs> brother.
1: They got, gotten good. They gotten okay, good. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm glad for everybody else that things have changed. When I was going to Raw Worlds, nobody cared really? about the banquet. No,
0: no shit, no. Uh, yeah, like because uh, I started going. 2016 but i didn't go to that banquet so maybe you're right the first banquet i went to i think was 2017 and you so that would have been after you left so you're right maybe it started picking up a little later because the last few years we've had some we've had some wild nights my man
1: well maybe if uh they get that bid i'll show up Doggy. oh my <laughs> god
0: yeah USAPL will put a bid in yeah. how wild is that um, or not USAPL, sorry. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> Whatever Jesus it is now. Powerlifting <laughs> America, but US has got the bid in. Uh, would you go watch it? If it was close by, if it was like... What? If it was close enough by, yeah. I, yeah why not, yeah, man? It's, I would it's, love to. That's an event. It's a world yeah. event. Like, why the I fuck mean, it not? hasn't been...
1: Uh, the last time it was... No, it was in Orlando. The equipped one was in Orlando.
0: Was it? Okay. I, I, yeah. A
1: few years ago. But raw hasn't been in the U.S. since it was in clean.
0: Not since you won, doggy. <laughs> the champ is the returning. When it comes back, I gotta pay a visit. <laughs> you know, I gotta, pay I gotta, homage. I, gotta, I gotta pay homage. This is where I cut my teeth. You know, this is where I did my thing. Um, but yeah, like because people from all over the world will show up. People from all over the U.S., whether they're lifting or not, you just show up and like enjoy yeah. the event. See what's up. Yeah see people you don't normally see, say, hello, I'll see you, sir. We'll shake hands and fucking uh, whatever, man. I'll b- bring some cocaine absinthe and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make it come back.
1: But uh,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, hopefully, the, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen too. Like, I don't even think there's another bid in there. And I, I think obviously they want the U.S. to do well, the new affiliate. So more sure. than likely it's going to happen. I mean, you want the new U.S. affiliate to do well.
1: Sure, and it's if it's Robert Keller putting in the bid, I'm sure it'll be in Orlando.
0: close enough, man. Orlando's beautiful. Uh, Florida's—I yeah. mean, fuck, it's a tourist place. I, mean, I just <laughs> got back. I just got back
1: from Miami. I'm going back again for the Ghost Clash. I've got some lifters there. So
0: is that right? <laughs> yeah. There it is. Um, there it is. So what's the next for you? What's next for you? Like, not just competitively, that as well, like what's your next competition, but what goals you got now that you've taken the world record.
1: Um, So I've I've actually got quite a few goals that I want to hit specifically before I, you know, go for my, my single ply record. As I I mentioned earlier, Um, but I've got the American pro coming up next. Micah Marino's meet in Vegas at the end of July. Um, I'd like to total around 2,100 in reps. Good Lord. Um, And then something I've been chasing for a long time since I was a 165 um, was I want a five times bodyweight deadlift. (laughs) Holy shit. There's... I, I've done a little bit of math. There's two viable scenarios. Um, Man. 400 kilos, 81 will do it if I cut to 176. So I have to cut five extra pounds, which the longer I do this, the less likely that's going to be possible. Was good. Well, how, much
0: how much do you cut now?
1: Um i only cut like 10 pounds for this meat like it really wasn't that bad I've, I've cut as much when i was competing in the 165 at like full water load peak i cut 24 pounds
0: holy smokes dude
1: so this Granted, is nothing no no like i i shouldn't outgrow this weight class until i'm walking around at 200 pounds yeah. So I, I'm walking around consistently between 190 and 193. Like, it's pretty manageable. I didn't even really have to to sweat at all for this competition. Like, it just flushed out, no problem. Wow. Um, but then if I don't cut to 176 as a full 181, I've got to hit 903, which is 410 kilos.
0: That <laughs> – so you're doing – you said – 881 which is 400 kilo yes or 410 which is 903 that is absolutely insane
1: and like i genuinely think it's it's within the realm of possibility especially the way deadlifts (laughs) have been going lately
0: well and plus you're you're still a young ass man like you could be doing this another 10 years if your body holds up
1: and 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 that's the hope You know, like I've always been the person to train smarter, not harder. Like I don't beat myself up in the gym because longevity is key. You know, I, I, I realize I'm not going to put a hundred pounds on my total from one meet to another every time. Yes, I did it this time, but I realized that's not sustainable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Good days, bad. That's a tough thing with powerlifting. Some sports you can have like fucking 50 games, 80 games, powerlifting, you have two or three all year so you have a bad day if you have a bad game in another sport whenever it where it's it's washed out in powerlifting you have a bad day that's half your year gone you're like oh shit <laughs> right
1: yeah well and you know for me personally that's something that like a, a lot of people have have seen my track record now and on average with as many years as i've been doing this i'm averaging like four and a half meets a year with as many as i've done wow well, the past two or three years, I only did one, two meets. And I'm like, where did that Blake go? Why am I not doing that anymore? And so that's actually something for the next few years, while I am still healthy, I would like to actually get back to is doing three to five meats a year.
0: Holy smokes. Well, look at how how nice is the money in the intestine side? Um, is it an incentive or is it like just a perk that's like, thank you, but it's not a massive incentive?
1: You know, I... I will say it's it's a pretty big incentive. Um, <laughs> <especially>, <laughs> I, I mean, especially coming from someone that's used to paying about $3,000 to go compete at these big meets. I'm yeah. like, well, shit, now I might win at least $3,000 to go to this meet. Right. So it's like, to some extent, the sport has taken quite a bit for me <laughs> yeah. and it's nice that now I'm at a level and there is a, a um, an avenue that it can start kind of giving back Um, and I, and I really like I think that's really good for the lifters for the sport in general Um, it, it makes it, it brings out the talent pool that's already there you know it brings these big showdowns you know like having I totaled 2K, Jamal attempted a 970 pound pull, Hack almost totaled 1,000 kilos again. Like it brings those lifters and I, I love it. it I yeah. think it's great for the sport.
0: Um, in terms of like, so looking at in terms of the untested and you see how they did their money meets um, and you saw the US Virginia Pro, the USAPL mm-hmm. Virginia Pro Um, how, what did you think about the USAPL Virginia pro And is there like, well, first off, you give me, give your thoughts maybe on that. And do you think there's something the untested might be able to take from that as well? How they ended up doing it? Like, because they did a money meet now and it's, it looked a little different and, and perhaps do you want to see some things brought over or is there some things that you hope don't come over?
1: So I guess I didn't actually watch that competition. I mean, I know uh, what Ashton won, correct?
0: Ashton won it. Yeah, you probably seen video and stuff, though. Maybe, but
1: yeah. Um,
0: honestly, like, do you originally... watch? Pearl? Do you watch it often? Do you watch like the IPF US stuff? Sometimes. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I was not really as much as
1: I used to. Yeah, not really as much as I used Fair to. Fair like enough. For a little while there, I had a bad taste in my mouth, and I distanced myself as much as I could. Gotcha, uh, but now I'm gotcha. at a point in time in my life where, like, I I, 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 kind of enjoy it a little bit more now, and so I'm starting to get <laughs> gotcha. a little more involved. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: but initially, whenever I switched to the untested side, like the 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 quality of the meats just. Really wasn't up to the standard that I was used to in general. You know, not like they were absolutely terrible, but the one thing that I will never um like hate on that the USAPL and IPF's done is typically they run very well meats, like very, very good meats. Like the meats run smooth most of the time, they move pretty quick, we're out at a reasonable time. The spotters and loaders typically know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just the overall production of the meat is very good. When I switch to the untested side, things are really unorganized. We're waiting three or four minutes in between attempts. Like, I've had, I've been in situations where I'm wrapping one of my lifters and I'm done wrapping her because I based everything off of the attempts and nobody moved. I had to unwrap her and wrap her again because they took so long. Holy shit.
0: And that I'm like, never I'm happen. good at
1: this. I'm like, I'm good at this. I time this all the time. I'm used to this.
0: That'll never, um, yeah, yeah. That would never happen in an IPF Worlds or USAPL. No, that's with no. It will not happen.
1: No. Uh, if anything, they've gotten to the point where they run too damn fast at the IPF Worlds. Like from start to finish, the my very last IPF meet was in South Africa and equipment, and, and I bombed, but I couldn't fucking breathe. We finished the meet in three hours. <laughs> three hours no quick between bench and deadlift. yeah equipped.
2: equipped
1: i couldn't breathe and i was like i hate this i don't ever want to do this again
0: Holy shit, <laughs> that's how quick they're moving it's yeah. a whole
1: other speed yeah but like that was kind of what i got used to so when they're fucking about for five minutes in between lifters i'm like I, what 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 who's the meat director what's going on here like (laughs) but I will say now I think at least at the the bigger meets they are realizing that that has been a problem um Garrett and Hayden and Steffi did an amazing job at the hybrid like the meet was phenomenal the the live stream was phenomenal they really took care of the lifters on and off the platform like it was great the showdown has been great every year I did it the kern was great so I think the that was one thing that in the past I'd wish we could have brought from the USAPL, mm. but I do think it's finally getting there.
0: It just, sometimes it takes people who are accustomed to a different standard of, of like the meat running. And then they come over and if, cause if you don't know, you don't know. And so yeah. when you come over, you'd be like, guys, this wasn't, this isn't it. It has to run the clockwork. Um, there's going to be kilo t- plates in the up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, exactly, but things catch up, you know, that's one thing with social media, um, whether it's through podcasting, YouTube videos, or streams, information runs quick. And then people's experience, if there's a difference and it's, and it's in the negative, people are going to start voicing and it it runs through quick. Mm -hmm. And then the feedback is instantaneous. And people are like, we need, we're going to change this, change that. Yeah. Um I mean the ancestors did a great job of the money first. They got money meets first. They mm-hmm. went first when it comes to sponsorships. They went first in terms of these lifters making money. They went first for that. It's like you know there's it's pros and cons all around for for everybody. Everyone's got pros, sure. everyone's got cons. So they did a lot of things first that were ahead um that you know the USCPOL and APF are starting to look at now. So yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it works both ways. Yeah. But, um,
1: yeah. Well, and then something else that I think is kind of a flaw is I think it's nice whenever they give top five lifters a prize, even if it's only like $500, you know, but like extend it to top five. That's, that's just what I'm used to. You know, you get a medal for top five. To, yeah. Mm. So it'd be nice at least when you're fee back, if you get fifth, you know, like, or your plane ticket like <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it gets and that's the one thing if you do compete often it can get expensive man mm-hmm. like it's yeah. not, now like in terms of flights hotel food and all the rest of it um and now you're and you're competing if you want to do like four times or whatever yeah you got to start winning
1: yeah no that's
0: yeah exactly right <laughs> like you got to start collecting checks
1: yeah yeah i mean my my wife has made a lot of sacrifices um because she's brought home a lot of the bacon so that i can take care of myself and still compete at
0: this level yeah and
1: it was really nice for it to finally pan out I like, See, man, <laughs> it's worth it yeah <laughs>
0: this is true this is true what is what is it like do you plan on sticking on powerlifting for as long as you can or like into the masters here's the one thing in the untested you don't have a like in the ipf there's a lot of masters there's master lifters and lifting into like their 50s, 60s, because the world championships are structured like that. So so to be an IPF world champion in the Masters, still a good title to have. And people go in there, it's competitive, like we talked mm-hmm. about, like people can be within the top five, it's close, and it's a battle. And it's whatever, because people from all over the world are going to show up. So you can still fill a class, even if there's fewer of you by the time you're 40s, 50s, whatever. Untested doesn't necessarily have that in terms of masters, you don't see you don't see here too much of masters in that. Um, um, so most people will stop sometime in their 30s. Are you like, what do you how do you see it? You're still in your 20s, so it's hard to picture, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely something that like as I as I've gotten older, again, I'm still mid-20s. Right.
0: Um,
1: but I have definitely had to put a little bit more thought into that. Um I think realistically, what I'm gonna have to do for, for my own um sanity. Really? Because I, I, I'm a competitive person. I have to do something competitive. Like even even video games just get me so triggered. Like I'm so competitive. Um, whenever I'm at a point where I can't be as competitive as I want to be, like once that that you know, I start having a, a downturn in performance consistently and it's just genuinely my body can't do it anymore, I'll probably have to just find a different sport, a different hobby, something else that Just a slightly different motivation. Something to keep me focused, to keep myself in shape and stay healthy. Um, Now, what that avenue may be, I really don't know. I I like doing some of the strongman movements. I think those look really fun. And if I'm 200 pounds, my body might be able to handle them a little bit better. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of people nowadays are getting into like um, jujitsu as a competitive outlet uh for you know specifically powerlifters i know that they've got the same problem like i feel competitive i still feel like i'm young enough and healthy enough to be competitive just not at powerlifting anymore right so i think that's that's the direction that i'm gonna have to go when
0: that will be i don't
1: know it, my body will tell me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, unfortunately, it kind of creeps up on you sometimes. <laughs> um, but at least at this I mean, you've already done quite a bit. And you're, you're still a young guy. So, I mean, it's in terms of like, if you do this for another 10 years, I mean, it, here's the thing too. If you do this for another 10 years, and you're in your mid-30s, which some guys peak in their mid-30s. But if you do this for another 10 years, You think about how many years cumulatively you will have been doing this. You're a 12-year veteran. You'll be doing it for 22 years by your mid-30s. How weird will it be to move on then? You know, I'd like to
1: say maybe it won't be that weird because I'm going to own my own gym. I'm going to have my own clients and I just live vicariously through them that's true you know i'll still be a part of it i'll still be involved people will still know who i am hopefully maybe for a little bit <laughs> who knows with people's attention span now man yeah i mean i've always been the short ginger guy that talks real loud like i stand out like a sore that helps, I go. That, helps. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that helps um yeah i guess so too. It, it also it doesn't like you will do you ever see yourself not lifting
1: no i want to lift until i die
0: same it doesn't matter if I'm a competitive powerlifter or whatever the shit. I will always uh, lift.
1: Yeah, I want to be healthy enough to squat bench deadlift to some extent forever. Right. I think it's so cool seeing who is it? Rudy, Cadlub, whatever. The, the the guy that um, works with um, Chris Duffin and Kabuki Strength. I love watching him pull 500 pounds. I think it's so cool. The guy's like 80 years old and still deadlifting and squatting 500 pounds. I want to be that guy.
0: Right. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it's yeah it's it's a I don't know, man. It's just something and cuz it it's tr- like first off I I like being athletic, like lifting weights, looking like you lift weights. You know, I never want to let that go. So that's that's going to be for whatever I'll always be and there's something about <laughs> even going to the gym, getting a pump. There's nothing quite like the blood is rushing through your muscles and you feel like fuck, I put in work today. There's no yeah. like getting the angst out the body feels tired and you're like i earn this feeling i earn this tranquility the calmness afterwards of just like of getting that out the system and then waking up the next day like oh fucking little sore in these muscles and be like yeah yeah you know yeah i I
1: can i may be i may be old but i can still use them (laughs) like those bodies at
0: work yeah you'll you i don't think i'll ever want to hang that up um but also strength though At being stronger than like people, like man, that old dude, 500 pounds or for for like 500 pounds for an average man, they aren't aren't deadlifting 500 pounds. You know, the average man is not walking around deadlifting 500 pounds. No. So that dude at 80 years old is already, it's still above average strength. Yeah. And his age, it never has to go away.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just have to keep up with it. And you have to keep up with yourself, keep up with your body. Um, you know, two things that I live by that has kept me healthier than most of my competitors. You ever heard of the kiss acronym? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And then if it hurts when you do that, don't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good. That's easy enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like, I've pretty much been living my life and training by those principles and, uh, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had anything catastrophic happen to me. I've herniated a disc. I was out for three months. And then I was back to 100%. Like, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me.
0: Mm. And you've been doing this for 12 years at the top level. Uh,
1: competing and lifting for 14.
0: Holy well, there you go. Yeah, that's a good track record, man.
1: Yeah, not, not so bad.
0: And, and, and it sounds simple enough, but... It's tough when you load that fucking weight and you just think, you know, it's, it's the humbleness that people lack. Right. And I've been there. I'm talking about myself as well, where I'm like, Oh, this is a bad idea. What was I thinking? you like, you're, especially if you have the biggest thing is when you have uh, a competition coming up. So there's a target date and you feel a tweak and you're like, is it, is it hurt or is it injured? And you really won't know until you get back in there and if you don't have a competition date you don't need to you don't need to look around the door and find out just take a week off right but if you have a competition date now now you're like and you're talking to your coach now what if you're on a national team you're going to worlds you took somebody you're on a spot they can't replace you it's past the time and it's like now the competent now it's okay you took a week off if you're injured it won't matter if you're injured you're about to re-injure I've been there. I've been both. I've been where like gone back in there and be like, okay, I was hurt but not injured. And then I've gone back in there and be like, okay, I'm injured. <laughs> now I'm for sure injured. Right? Can confirm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where it's like, if I wasn't before, I am now. And it was like the week didn't do it, right? It, it, we've no. all you know it happens. So um, it's tough. That's the toughest, and that's where having the 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 competitive date around the corner will push you in there. And that's where, when you decide I don't want to put my body through that, but I'm going to lift for strength and squat dead and you can still push it. But if you're not competing, you're just not putting yourself in harm's way where you have to make funny decisions like that. That's sure. the biggest, where like COVID lockdowns taught me when there's huge times off where I was like, I got to deal with some of these injuries and let them go away because like there was no pressure. If, if it felt funky, sure you know, hey, man, I'm not squatting for a couple of weeks. Come back and I'm fresh as a daisy. Whereas you can't take two weeks off too often if you're about to compete somewhere. No, you
1: know. no, not at all. And, and that's where I was actually for this prep on squat is I was just kind of hanging in the pocket with the threshold of squats that I was capable of doing without pain, hoping that the pain would go away. Yeah. And it, it,
0: it did...
1: But not completely.
0: That's scary, and that's where you—that's why you thought you took your third conservatively because you're like, "Yeah, let's let's finish this day."
1: Yeah. Well, and and even I—I forgot to mention this. Even on my the 843 deadlift. Um, well, actually, two things I forgot to mention. Uh, the head judge actually told me down about two seconds before I put it down. I could not hear or see anything on that list at all i was out i was out of it all i knew was i don't feel locked out so i'm gonna lock it out (laughs) and i also remember consciously trying to lock my knees and they just didn't really want to do it and it was because i had tweaked my knee on on that squat and i could feel my knee fighting me and i was like no we're already here i've got the bar you better lock it out
0: like work with me
1: (laughs) yeah and then i felt it lock i was like okay and then i put it down when i was ready and then i just so happened to see the head judge his hand was just chilling down
0: oh wow and then i go back and watch the
1: video and i was like
0: oh i could have put it down a lot sooner (laughs) whoa did you just like have your eyes closed when you're fighting maybe as well
1: oh yeah oh yeah i mean my head yeah. was back i was yeah I, was, I gave it everything i had but i could not whenever i um step on that platform it's white noise i can't hear anything mm-hmm. i'm relying
0: on eyes pretty much so it's, isn't it wild right eh? like you're you're there but it's just out it's just. it's so crazy how that can work that's like the fight or flight that enters your body
1: it, it really is and it's it's You know, I've actually done – my wife and I have done a little bit of research on that, and, like, that is something that, like, will bring you to a top – take you from a top 10 percenter to a top 1 percenter is being able to tap into that instantly, consciously. So, essentially, as soon as my foot touches that platform, I'm tapped into that. Like, it's me in the bar. Hmm. It makes more –
0: I was the just about lights. to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it makes more sense now that that would throw you off. Yeah. Uh, because you're you're so much more zoned in that um when something unexpected comes in there and breaks your concentration, we'd be like, what the fuck? It would, whereas um if you're just kind of in there doing your thing, you know, whatever. But when you're yeah. like, look at I am crazy hyper focused here. Um, so if you just something totally unexpected enters my line, it'll be like what the fuck was that um but yeah it is it is remarkable when that fight or flight comes in there what you can be what the human body can be capable of
1: yeah it's 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 really it's awesome to be a part of it it's awesome to watch it you know it it, it's it's really cool
0: and it's maybe when that's no longer there when you hit the platform that might be an indication where you're like i can't get up for it anymore like when i step on the platform i don't tune out anymore i don't uh you know, it's not that anymore. It doesn't feel the same. The bo- even if the body's willing, maybe that, that might be it where you're sure. like, okay, well, there it yeah. is. I'm,
1: I mean, I can see it. You know, my wife and I, we want to have kids. Like we want to have a family. We just got this business going. We want to buy a house. Like I can see making a lot of life games, but to the point that like I'm pretty much done with lifting. Do I want that to happen? No do I think it's a realistic possibility yeah
0: I like it you said life gains <laughs> that was cute
1: done. gains on and off the platform that's right gains on and <laughs> off the
0: platform my man nicely done listen my man we crushed over two hours um phenomenal having you on the podcast man I gotta have you back on you weren't lying this was easy <laughs> this was some easy this was some easy talking um gotta have you back on much appreciated dude and uh i mean yeah when's the next competition you said you said july it was the july uh, Marino one
1: yeah it's like the 29th and the 30th i think okay well and i will be doing that one in wraps oh shit
0: okay well good luck we're gonna keep in touch and uh maybe we we'll touch base before or after that and, and see what's cracking yeah for sure thank you so much for having me on Dude, it's been long overdue, and I appreciate it. We got, a, we got a chance to catch up on everything from 2016 hand-caught to powerlifting you to right up to now. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe so, I can
1: uh, beat John Hack one day, and we can have another chat.
0: Dog, we'll <laughs> bet your sweet ass we will. But uh, all right, my friend. Have a good one. Much appreciated. We'll keep in touch.
1: You as well. Talk to you later.
0: See you, buddy.